City Podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of Keys to the City. I'm your host, Trevor Keys, alongside the big brother, Ted Keys. What a weekend it was. Super wild card weekend. But yes, we are Keys to the City. You can check us out for live shows. Check us out at Facebook, YouTube, and at Twitch at Keys to the City. And for streaming services at Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, Google, and many more social media platforms at Keys to the City. Like I said, it was super wild card weekend and another fantastic electric ecstatic weekend unless you're the los angeles chargers fans and the los angeles chargers franchise it's just comical to see that the los angeles chargers once again find a way to uh you know just be the los angeles chargers the same would have been said about the dallas cowboys but the dallas cowboys that said hey brady take a hike i think old man river wants you to get out of this game but yes, Super Wild Card Weekend, a hell of a weekend for us Giant fans. The first time in seven years, the New York Giants, or seven years, I should say. It was the first time they were in a playoff game. First time they've won a playoff game since Super Bowl 46 against the New England Patriots. So it definitely felt good on a victory Monday to know that the New York Giants are one of the final eight teams. And just to think two years ago what this division was like, to think how bad, how awful it was a laughing stock. It was the NFC South this year. Maybe the NFC South gets the nod for a worse division. But you look at what the NFC beasts have become now. You got three teams. It is the NFC East versus San Francisco 49ers for a chance that who will be playing in the Super Bowl. It's going to be an NFC East team, or it could be the San Francisco 49ers that will be playing in Super Bowl 57. But there's a lot of takeaways from this weekend. We can always talk about playoffs, a lot of debuts. You saw Trevor Lawrence, you saw Justin Herbert, you saw Daniel Jones, you've seen Brock Purdy, Geno Smith, all the quarterbacks that really got a chance to really put their tools to the match in front of a live audience, a national audience. And you look at what, maybe up until last night, the most impressive player in this entire Super Wildcard weekend, because the one seeds were and did have the bye in the Eagles and Chiefs, was possibly Daniel Jones. But that could possibly be changed now after last night's beatdown on Monday Night Football and Super Wild Card Weekend between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ted, when you look at how these two quarterbacks, and we think about these two quarterbacks for different reasons because of the fact that they've dealt with pressure, they've dealt with the scrutiny from the media, from their fans since the day they were, well, for Daniel Jones since the day he was drafted, and for Dak Prescott, well, since he really he took the league by storm right off the bat, rookie season had an incredible year. They go to the playoffs, and then it just hasn't been anything better. It hasn't. It seems like it was just he kind of just plateaued, Dak Prescott and this Dallas Cowboys team. But when you look at last night, you look at what the way these two teams played, or I should say, two quarterbacks specifically. Who would you give your edge to? Of who was more impressive this past weekend? Is it Dak Prescott? Both quarterbacks, by by the way, I should tell you, made a little history in both of their games too. So is it Daniel Jones or is it Dak Prescott to you? Who was the most impressive? I'll tell you, we're gonna have to stop doing these types of questions because I'm gonna start sounding like a Dallas fan. My initial my initial thing was DJ, but watching that game last night it was Dak. And, and the reason why I say Dak is because there was so much more pressure on Dallas. There was so much more pressure on Dallas and Dak Prescott than there oh, but was. But did you Dan- feel that there's any pressure on Daniel Jones oh, because oh, of the no, fact of that what if he played awful? 
okay, if he played awful, he play awful, here's the thing. I didn't think he was going to play awful. I, he hasn't played awful the last. Let's month say of he played. He's, he played. He, he like he, he played the number one quarterback rating. Okay, last month of football, Brian Dable would not allow him to play bad. He didn't okay, play bad but let me ask you this. What if he was what if he was Eli versus the Carolina Panthers in his first wild card in his first playoff game? What if he was that bad? Does he ever get a chance to possibly I mean is he getting well, here's, here's a contract think, extension? Maybe oh, yeah. as, No, he's still getting a contract extension because then I would say who's the Giants quarterback going forward? And there's about 14 other teams right now that are going to be vying for his <clears throat> for his skills. I mean, right now DJ's making making noise, bro. I mean, it's the DJ spinning that Okay, so let's get to the question. Who's more impressive? Statistically-wise, Daniel Jones. He had over 300 yards, over 75 yards rushing. Only two other quarterbacks had done that. Lamar Jackson and Steve Young, both quarterbacks lost. That This time, Daniel Jones and the New York Giants won the football game. Whoa, I'm going to correct you right now. Lamar and Steve Young were the only two other quarterbacks that had over game? 300 yards passing in a playoff game and 75-plus yards rushing, oh. and the other two lost. Oh, so why did lost? And so did Steve Young. So why did CBS have the first player in NFL history to have throw for 300 yards, rush for 75, and throw for two touchdowns in a playoff game? Maybe, maybe Lamar, maybe Lamar didn't throw for two touchdowns. You forgot, don't forget about the stats, bro. You can't mess up a, a line Listen, like that. You can't say going, something and then not have. You can't be spewing nonsense, well, fake news. Do not spew news. fake news. I guess you didn't. I guess you didn't see the ESPN news because that was the stat. Three hundred seventy. It was about three hundred yards. I got it. Seventy-five. It doesn't matter. I well, maybe, maybe both of them didn't throw for two passing touchdowns. I don't know. It really doesn't matter. Daniel but he's Jones the first was, was the best quarterback and best football player of the entire weekend. But Monday was a new week. Dak Prescott was the best quarterback, though. He was. Now listen, this is this is what's crazy. Both of these two quarterbacks were the two best quarterbacks of the weekend, which is crazy because the other one was Brock Purdy. And you didn't think Brock Purdy started off that great, but then you look at his numbers. He had over 330 yards. He had over three touchdowns. Now a lot of it was, you know, the Helped big that plays. had the big play, but he looked good. Either way, he played well and they ended up dominating. So we're not going to get into that game. This is about Dak and DJ. DJ and Dak were the most two impressive players in the entire weekend. But I'm going to go with Dak this one, only in the sense that it's the Dallas Cowboys it was Monday night football. It was the only game on. Everyone was watching. It was Tampa Bay. You're still facing Brady. Brady had never lost to Dallas. You're still facing that defense. I would have said DJ. Look at well, Think about what DJ did against Minnesota the first time they played. He had over 330 yards passing. He was great against them the first time. So to say that he couldn't have put up these numbers again was dumb. He put up astronomical numbers. He was so dominant. Ran the ball. He was their best runner. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really was. He was their best runner. I mean, they were literally just taking Daniel Jones, sweep left, sweep right. I mean, it was great. Um, and every pass, every pass was. But I watched the game last night. D- Dak was like, "What? If you're a Dallas fan, what you suspect that? Why can't Dak do that every game? He was. I mean, every. I mean, they brought the blitz. They tried everything. And I'm only giving Dak the credit more so. And you know, I don't want to give Dallas the credit. But it's because they were playing Tampa Bay. They were in Tampa Bay, that defense. That's a veteran team defense. I understand they have not played well as a team. But you were still playing Brady. You were still playing the Bucs. Listen, honestly, I think you and me could have had 250 yards passing and 50 yards rushing against that Minnesota defense. Realistically. Dak, I mean, what was Dak last night? I had, I, I had a highlight right here. 305 yards, 25 of 33, four passing touchdowns, and he also had a rushing touchdown, no interceptions. Only other quarterback to do that in a playoff game was Matt Ryan, his, his MVP year, which I was I was like, I was so him rushing and touch. But 
but Dak had five touchdowns, bro, last night. He was so I mean, like, if you watch that game, you're like, Dak's legit. That deep that team, they didn't have to do it because of the running game. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because Mike McCarthy was schematically. I'll give Kellen Moore some credit. But Dak was so impressive last night. Every throw was pinpoint. Mm-hmm. And they I felt like they kept Tampa Bay off off rhythm okay. all night. Okay. Are you done with your nonsense? You're done with your Jerry. Your, uh, you, you, here's the thing. Do you both want to do this DJ thing and say, listen, we love Daniel Jones. He was the most impressive. Listen, for me. No, no. I got Daniel, listen, here, I here's Daniel Jones, right, bro? Literally every word that you can think of positive. He was brilliant. It was tough. He was clutch. He was dominant. Here's the first road victory for the New York Giants. Hold on one second. Because they're showing highlights of the Giants on, and I have no idea. This man's got so, videos going. What do we got going on? It was a highway to Daniel Jones throwing a pass. But I told Dad, I'm like, you wa- you watch the game, and you're like, there was confidence and precision in every throw that Daniel Jones threw last night, like or on Sunday. It was like the culmination of what we've been wanting, what I think Gettleman thought the Giants were going to get when they drafted him number six. Mm-hmm. Now he looks legit. If you look at that draft now, he looks like the best quarterback at that draft class, not Kyler Murray. Sorry, Kyler Murray. You looked like crap when you played in your first playoff game. You blame it on coaching. Listen, coaching matters. Coaching does matter. Look at Brandon Staley. Look at Doug Peterson this weekend, right? I think last night, we, ne- we never give credit where credit's due, but look at Dan Quinn, Kellen Moore, and McCarthy last night. I thought they totally outcoached Brian Leftwich and Todd Bowles last night. I thought Brian Leftwich, boring offense. There was no motions. There was no... There was no flow last night, right. and Brady looks old. But okay. to this question, I'll choose Dak. You go choose DJ. Oh, I'm going to choose uh, choose Daniel Jones because it's very obvious. It's it's very simple. The Dallas Cowboys. We've been waiting to see this Dallas Cowboy team do this. I mean, this is for freaking since Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott have joined this franchise. This team has been one of the most high octane offenses in the entire NFL, not just the NFC. But and don't forget, this, I, and they were, the, and they hold don't on. Don't forget though were, this. This team, this Dak Prescott team was okay. coming off one of the worst. Okay. Oh, hold on. That's one of great. the worst performances. That's and great. Daniel Jones was coming off one of his best performances against the Colts. This was also a team that, aver- that this was also a team that in the regular season averaged just over 27 and a half points. So if you run around it up, 28 points a game, fourth rated in the 32 NFL. 32 points a game when oh. Dak Prescott took over the Okay, exactly. So this is what this team is supposed to do every week. No matter what, but the reason why we always talk and the sports world talks about the Dallas Cowboys and we're so fascinated and enamored with the way the the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm not taking anything away from the Dallas Cowboys last night because they kicked the hell out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They kicked their ass for 60 minutes. They were the better team for 60 minutes, and deservedly so. They're going to be playing in San Fran next week, which is going to be a much tougher task, just like the New York Giants are going to face with the Philadelphia Eagles, and we'll get into the divisional round later in the week talking about I can't wait for this because it is the Giants and the Eagles, but also the fact of we're down to the final eight. The reason why I'm going to say Daniel Jones, and like I said, Dallas was supposed to win last night. Dallas was supposed to was the better team all week. We've said it. Oh, Tampa Bay shouldn't even be in there. Hold on. Hold on. on. A lot of people had suggested that the Giants were a better team than Minnesota. Okay, but Tampa Tampa Bay, we all thought. Did you really think that that whole division – realistically should have never even been in the playoffs because of how atrocious it was. It wasn't even mediocre. It was atrocious for, for amount for the majority of this season. This Dallas team is supposed to do this every, you got CD lamb, you got Tony Pollard, who's a star Zeke Elliott. I know he's kind of declined, but he still got 
Dalton Schultz, one of the better tight ends in this league. Noah Brown, Michael Gallup, one of the better offensive lines in all of football. You got a solid all-around, got the great system because the system still works for this team because they all put up points each and every week. 32 points it's easy. Game. It's easy for, for me to say, oh, Dak, because, oh, well, but this is what Dak's supposed to do also because he's getting paid. But he like played the, flawless last he's night. He's getting – okay, I, I made the great throws under the rest when he had it. He made great plays. I get that. But when you're getting paid too, the amount of money that Dak Prescott gets paid to get paid as an elite quarterback, that's what he's supposed to do. So, no, I know what Dallas did last night. Very impressive. Looks like a dangerous team. Looks like a formidable foe. Could be actually playing on Super Bowl Sunday if they play the way they did last night. But I'm going to give it to Daniel Jones because when we think of Daniel Jones all year, hell, for his whole career, all it's been is, well, he's been awful. He's been, he's going to be, they're going to move on. They're going to just try to just get through the season. And all of a sudden we'll find a new direction for the New York Giants. And I said on, if you remember on Friday when we did our show, who the reason for the New York Giants to be successful, I know you said the defense. I said it had to be Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones is the best player on that field. Now, Kirk Cousins had a very good game, too. I know that Kirk Cousins wants to get knocked because of the, the decision on fourth and eight. But Daniel Jones was electric, was smart, was confident, made the right decisions, the throws, zip on the ball to Isaiah Hodges for touchdown, Daniel Ballinger touchdown, just the decision-making overall for 60 minutes that all of a sudden we could be saying when we were I don't know, six, seven months ago, could Tyrod Taylor be the Giants' answer for this season? To the, now, to, the, to the narrative of... Joe said that? Joe to said the nar- I even said it too. I consider to the narrative of maybe the New York Giants really do have their next great quarterback. Tommy Lawrence going nine is going to hell. It's going to be a hell of a game on Sunday afternoon, Sunday night. But... You might be sitting here, and Colin Coward said it best. If there's one team that has the perfect blueprint for their team, it's the New York football Giants. Just think about it. Throughout the stages of the New York Giants' career, Ted, all it's ever been is a dominant defense, great coaching. When we look at the coaching, Dable, Coughlin, Parcells. But this isn't they had a dominant a, defense. I know, but the def- their defense is getting young. There's no superstars on it, but they are tough. Tough, hard-minded, nitty-gritty. They're going to punch you in the mouth. They're going to play, hustle every for 60 minutes, just like they've done in 07. They did in 11. They did in the 80s and the 90s. And then they had a quarterback that had the talent, wasn't ever a superstar. And I agree with Colin on this 100%. They never had a superstar quarterback. Phil Sims, Yeah, Phil Sims was a hell of a quarterback. He was never elite during probably his tenure. Was a great quarterback, but was never elite. Eli? Eli was great. And now I know he has the name Elite in the name Eli, but we all knew Eli was a great quarterback, but wasn't ever Elite. Daniel Jones, we're starting to talk about that. And the difference between him and all those two guys now, this man is using his legs. And he is starting to show why he's probably one of the better, other than Lamar and maybe Justin Fields, probably the best top three. And Jalen Hurts, top four or five. He's one of the top five dual-threat quarterbacks in the league. But for me to answer... Daniel I'm, I'm going Daniel like Jones. Josh Allen this weekend. Then Josh Allen looks like Josh Allen. I'm going Daniel Jones because, well, it's his first playoff game, and you said it, Ted. Kyler Murray. Last time we saw him in a playoff game, he was embarrassing. Daniel Jones. I get it. He played the Minnesota Vikings. This defense is atrocious. I get it. That maybe me and Ted could have probably had a hell of a game too against this defense. I understand that. 
but you're still playing an NFL defense. You played, he had two of his better games against them. They still have two legit pass rushers to Darius Smith and Danell Hunter, credit to the def- offensive line of the Giants. But I, I, I get it. I get it. The secondary isn't great. But for him, his decision-making, the confidence, the confidence in this team, the chemistry, they ain't the most talented team. They're probably the least most talented team in the playoffs yet. But they got a team that believes. They got the coaching. They might got the be- They might have the best coaching, not named Andy Reid, in the entire NFL because in this entire playoffs, realistically. Because I don't try. I, I, other than Andy Reid, I don't trust Sean McDermott. I don't trust Zach Taylor. I don't. Nick Sirianni's still new to this. Shanahan. Shanahan, no, I don't trust Shanahan's situation because we've seen in the past that we've seen Kyle Shanahan make some uh, yeah. some egregious calls. He was the I, offensive coordinator I mean, for the Atlanta year. Falcons. I, mean, I get it. Year. I get it. But then you also got Doug Peterson, who's interesting. But I'm going with Daniel Jones, man. I know that Dak was amazing. I know that the Dallas Cowboys were amazing last night and probably looked the most impressive out of anybody this weekend. But that's what the Dallas Cowboys are supposed to do. That's what we've been talking about all year. That's what we talk about every year with the Dallas Cowboys. They are supposed to take advantage and do what they did last night. I'm a giant fan. All I'm saying is with the pressure that Dak and Dallas has, because they have pressure like no one else in the league. All right. Because there's an expectation. Like when they do the, when they do that, when you have the star on head, there's an expectation. And you know, we, as we, we break Dallas Cowboy fans chops is, we're gonna we keep hearing about how great you guys are, but you guys don't win anything, or you haven't won anything recently. And I go, we're living on a Super Bowl from ten years ago, and then one from fourteen years ago. I get it, but we got more recent Super Bowls and wins than you guys have. I mean, and you look at where the Dallas Cowboys and the Giants franchises have been. No offense, the Dallas Cowboys have been one of the most talented teams throughout our yeah, lifetime. like the Los Angeles Chargers. All right, so. There is no excuse why you can't win games. That was their first playoff road win since 1992 when they beat the 49ers, right? That so last night's game significance, I think last night watching the game was probably the best game I've ever seen Dak play. Now, I thought he could have used his legs a little bit more, but he really didn't need to. But he he was pinpoint last night. Those two guys are the reasoning why those two teams are advancing because they were the two best players all weekend long. And you can't go wrong with either guy. Daniel Jones, as a Giant fan, bro, he was the best player. Looked like I put, I told Dad, he looks like a top 10 quarterback. Looks like an elite guy. He looked like it. He looked like more Josh Allen than Josh Allen looked all this weekend. Mm-hmm. He, his ability to run, his ability to throw with confidence. And my thing is this, from, my, from our perspective, imagine if the Giants – just had a Plaxico Burris or an Odell Beckham or someone who can really take the top off because we're doing this. No offense with the practice squad player in Hodgins who was on the Buffalo. I mean, he's not going to be Darius the practice Slayton, squad player. We were anymore. talking about week two, week three, that we were trading, get rid of this guy's a bum. And then, and R- Richie James, who, you know, uh, you know, we, how many times we questioned him. They're so all three of those guys stepped up. Bellinger, Barkley looked like Barkley again. The offensive line was good. And the coaching was phenomenal. I'm not taking away anything from Dallas, and I'm not taking these two quarterbacks were exceptional this week. And then, like Ted Listen, said, maybe were, Trev, maybe we should put it this way: Dak Press, Daniel Jones, was maybe the best or the most impressive player of this weekend. Dallas, I thought Giants were Dallas was the most impressive team I saw this weekend. The domination because that Seattle game was close. I don't not, want to get into all the other, I, but the, I'm Dallas, not, the way Dallas played last night, Tampa Bay didn't have a chance. Brady looked like like I wrote and I said he's trash. 
He's old and needs to go. He looked like a 45-year-old quarterback, bro, last night. They couldn't run the football. They couldn't pass the football. A lot of that maybe was Tom Brady and that offense. But I think you got to give respect to that defense for putting pressure on that offense and playing as well as they did. And that's what I'm, I'm not going to sit here and bash the Cowboys because there's no reason to. I'm not going to say I'm, I'm not surprised, though, because this is what we've been. That's the expectation. As, as, as an NFL fan, that and me, that I don't want to see is to see Dallas play well, of course. I'm, I'm Whatever. I don't like the Dallas Cowboys. I despise the Dallas Cowboys. Everything about them. But that team went on paper this year as we've put them in our weekly rankings. They were in that tier of Super Bowl top five, top six teams that could be representing the NFC, one of the three teams in the NFC. They look like it last night. Both teams, both quarterbacks, I should say, were exceptional, but I'm not surprised by the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott's play. That's the expectation that they should be playing at that level. Because you got paid a couple of years ago elite money to be elite quarterback, to be an elite quarterback, and you have to have elite moments. You had an elite moment last night. But for both of these teams, it's a whole different animal moving on to this weekend. And we're going to talk about it later in the week with the Giants playing the Philadelphia Eagles for the thir- third time. And an old rivalry once again, the new, the San Francisco 49ers against the Dallas Cowboys. If anybody knows old-time football, and even last year, this is one of the better rivalries that we've seen in the history of the NFL. Even though it's not a division matchup. It's always a hell of a bloodbath, and it should be this one this weekend. So congratulations to all of the teams that advance. And if you're a team like the Los Angeles Chargers, see you next year. Better luck. <laughs> Unbelievable. I went to bed as 27 nothing. I thought it was going to be perfect. I was like, okay, here we go. I'm going to win all my predictions. I don't know why I wrote with the Buccaneers. Maybe it's because of the fact that I just took a chance with Brady. Whatever. Take a chance with the guy that's one. I was undefeated this weekend. Oh, good for you. My team blew a to- the team I picked blew a twenty-seven nothing lead, and the guy I picked was the you know he just has every major freaking record in the books in the NFL history. So Ted I think it was perfect this weekend. Imagine if I was a gambler. Thank God you're not. I should have been. Yeah. Pat says we need to start doing our predictions and posting the things with the spreads. People yeah, you want to do this? People want the spreads. Okay, we'll get to we'll get to that. I guess we'll... So we talk about two other teams that, well, realistically are Super Bowl caliber teams, Super Bowl favorites. Ted has been also, on the bank. These two Ted, teams are going to blow out their teams. Ted, yeah, Ted has been on the Bengals bandwagon for majority of the year, and I've been on the bandwagon of Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills because I finally feel like this is the year. Well, these were the two two of the games that we expected to be, well, pretty much blowouts, and and a combined. 10 points. If you think about the first game was only a three point game. And the second game was, thank God, if it wasn't for Sam Hubbard running on a 98 yard touchdown, maybe we're talking about the Baltimore Ravens right now in the playoffs. Just saying. But these two teams look like they were supposed to win comfortably. But maybe that's on us, Ted. Maybe that's on us because it is a division game. Divisional opponents always give tough matchups. But we took the chance. We, we're riding high with these teams. But when you look at how they performed on Sunday, now I know they're in the final four of the AFC playoffs. But when you think of how these two teams performed and how these two teams have been performing, they finally get to meet up this week. If we all remember the last time that they were supposed to play, you had the unfortunate event of DeMar Hamlin. So we will get to see these two teams play. Ted, when you look at how these two teams moved on, 
wasn't pretty as as, as, best as uh, the, the best describe it wasn't as pretty as expected. But who are you more concerned with? Is it the Cincinnati Bengals with their injury bug starting to happen, occurring at the wrong time, or is it the Buffalo Bills and those turnovers? See, it's for me. It's the Bengals. You can correct the turnovers. You can play call yourself into a more conservative offense. You can do certain things. You can run the football. You can you can do things offensively as a play caller. And Ken Dorsey, who's the play caller for the Buffalo Bills, that can make Josh Allen, you know, kind of yeah. rein it in. You can all work on the thing. Also, Josh Allen can control that. Those are things that you can self-control. Can't do anything about an offensive off, excuse me, offensive lineman being hurt. The biggest thing that we that was the Bengals' issue last year was their offensive line. So they corrected that. They they went in free agency, Leo Collins. They brought in, they brought in a couple other guys. You know what I mean? Jonah Williams, but Jonah Williams dislocates his kneecap. Kapka, the left guard, gets hurt the week before. So right now, of the five linemen that they started the season off with, they're missing three of them, mm-hmm. and it showed against Baltimore. Baltimore kicked their ass, slapped them around. It was like Joe Burrow, you could see it was one, two, three, get the ball. Let's out. just say if they have Lamar, they probably win, possibly. Absolutely. And if Tyler Hunley goes lower, they give the ball to J.K. Dobbins, they probably win the game. And the Ravens mm-hmm. are playing this week against the Chiefs. So what's worrisome is the Bengals, bro. It's the offense line. Two things. One, they can't run the football. I don't know what's going on. They can't run the football with Joe Mixon. So that puts a lot more pressure on Joe Burrow. Because we talked about this with, with any team. If you can't run the football and and something the Bengals, I mean the Buccaneers couldn't do, you're putting a lot more pressure on your offensive line and your quarterback to complete passes. You know, it's so much easier when you're able to run the ball, play action, and it just keeps the defense honest. Mm-hmm. So they don't run the football, which what does that do? That allows the Bills, who pass rush is pretty good, even without Von Miller out there. They can cause havoc for Joe Burrow, and he, he could take a beating. Now, we I mean, listen, we saw the Bengals go through this last year. Titans sacked them, what, seven, eight, nine times last year? But they still found a way to win. But I just don't know if – if I mean, the Titans were not what the Bills were. I think because Josh Allen can be Superman at all times and make that big play, that that's something more concerning. Because I would say if the Bengals got an offensive line here, they win this game, much more so. They can control the clock. They run the football, keep the ball out of Josh Allen's hand. I think their defense is good enough. I still think this game is going to be great. But if you're asking me right now today on the 17th, where I don't know what's going on with Jonah Williams and their guard, well, he's weak to those week. guys are both are they? There's all both day to day, week to week. So who no, knows? They, what I happens. think Jonah, yeah, Jonah Williams is week to week. So is Kapka, which is a big concern for this offensive line. But it almost comes down to when you look at the Bills. You talk about lack of running game from the Bengals. The Pills have no running game either. I mean, they haven't had a running game. Hold on, I think I'm about to sneeze. Oh, I don't want to sneeze. <laughs> I'm trying to hold it in. Uh, no, I, no. I, listen, but I, listen, the Bengals, if you, what's more concerning is I get it, the turnovers. Josh Allen, but here's the thing. Like that bomb that he threw where Xavier Howard ended up picking off when he went to John Brown, he didn't need to throw the ball deep. There was an underneath route open. That's where he's got that's where he's got to rein it in. He's got to understand that every play doesn't have to be a home run. Sometimes it's okay to take the bunt or a single. You know what I mean? We talk about this in baseball a lot with the New York Yankees. It doesn't always have to be strikeout or home run every time. Once in a while, it's okay to move the runners over. So well, here's, take here's, the underneath route, check down, move the ball, keep the ball in control. You don't need to always hit the home run ball. And then you know, and the other one was a deflection. It was off Beasley's hands, deflection, it changed the game. Right? Here, and I, here, I also get it that the Bills have not been great. The, 
He led the league in turnovers this year. 22 turnovers. As I, listen, I think and a lot of that has to do with what, what we just talked about, Brian Dable and the coach. Yeah, I was, just, I was just about to say that, yeah, have a, losing Brian Dable really looks like it's playing a huge factor into the play of Josh Allen because, I mean, when we all thought about Josh Allen last year, we all thought, okay, he's, he's about to take the next step to being maybe the best player in the game. And Daniel Jones looked like he was taking the next step to – maybe finding a backup role in this league. Now we're talking about Daniel Jones, only eight turnovers this entire season, played the best game of his career this past week. And Josh Get Allen led game, the league. Bro. And Josh, game, game and Josh Allen and Josh Allen is having turnovers after turnovers after turnovers. Now I love Josh Allen, but having this lack of run game still for this Buffalo Bills team is killing this team. Josh Allen is, is literally Superman, like you said, Ted. And their own line isn't as good either. So these teams are very similar in the way. The only reason, the only difference is the Bengals are losing guys to injury. The Bills have all these players playing. It's just not, it's not, the chemistry is not there. Just, it doesn't seem like these two teams are gelling. So it almost comes to the question of, well, who do you trust more? Is it Allen or is it Burrow? I mean, some people will take, most people might take Burrow because he's done it there. He's gotten to the Super Bowl. He was this close to winning a Super Bowl. And Josh Allen, well, he's been to the AFC title game, but he hasn't gotten to that moment yet. So it almost comes down to which quarterback do you choose? Which coach do you choose? Because honestly, I don't trust Zach Taylor and Sean McDermott. I don't know if it was you that said it, I think. Yeah, I think it was you that texted me and said, boy, the B Bills maybe really dropped the ball. And I think the rest of the league kind of dropped the ball with just not giving that Brian Dable the, the, the nod. I mean, if you're a Giant fan, Chargers. and to know, and to know, yeah, I know, the Chargers, the Jets, teams like that, and then the Bills, them, their own selves. To keep Sean I mean, McDermott, listen, a defensive-minded guy. Listen, you were not going to fire Sean McDermott. I get it. Even I get it, but with the way Brian Dable turned Josh Allen into a superstar quarterback, an elite quarterback, to what he's done now is, is absolutely fascinating. And as a Giant fan, hey, too bad. He's our guy for the next 20, hopefully to, until he wants to retire. I hope he never leaves the New York football Giants, and why would he? Honestly, if you're if you're the head coach of the New York Giants, but you look at that, that's what it's almost come down to is that these two teams both have a lack of running game, both dealing with offensive line issues, Bengals with the injuries, and the Bills just can't figure it out this whole entire season. It almost comes down to which quarterback and coach do you choose? And you really, it's a 50-50 because some people would love to take Josh out. Some people will take Burrow. But then it comes to the coaches. I, listen, I, here's the thing. I get it. I'm Josh, more concerned. I'm Josh more concerned. I'm more concerned with the Bills. Well, here's the thing. Because Josh, the same thing that could be said about the Ravens, if Tua Tagovailoa is playing, Skylar Thompson played his his butt off. Played the game of his life. It was as best he can do for what he can work with. But if the Dolphins have Tua, we could be talking about the Dolphins, and not just the Ravens playing and the Jacksonville Jaguars in the AFC. That would could be right now if they have their two quarterbacks. It wasn't pretty by both teams. But if I'm concerned, it's definitely Buffalo. I'm taking Buffalo. I'm well, definitely he, more he, concerned he, with Buffalo. Yeah, and he, and because turnovers, if you can't stop the turnovers, yeah, it's a fixable thing. But it hasn't been fixed this but entire here's the season. Thing. I get and I Who's can say it's going to change. And I can understand everyone's perspective because Josh Allen can make this spectacular play. You know what I mean? His ability to run and stress. I think if the Bengals are going to win this week, Joe Burrow is going to have to have a closer game to Daniel Jones. He's got to have use his legs a little bit more. Like he did in the Titans game last year. Remember where he scrambled yeah, and got 
converted a bunch of third downs. He's going to have to be a part of the running game this week, more so than he was. And I think he wants to be, but he's going to have to be. I think for the Bengals to have a legit chance. Um, yeah. Because think about it, this could have been the AFC Championship game last year in Buffalo. It could have been yeah. if it wasn't for 13 seconds. And then, of course, on you know the the Monday night game that ever, I think everyone was really looking forward to, that we only saw about ten minutes of a first quarter. Mm-hmm. I think it was seven seven, if I remember the score at seven, the time. Seven three, and Cincinnati seven, was three. going down. And Cincinnati score. was scoring. So I mean, listen, you know, Cincinnati they got the weapons: Jamar Chase, Boyd, Higgins. You know, they <laughs> Hayden Hurst, Joe Mixon. The biggest flaw is their offensive line. If they can give Burrow any type of protection or being able to run the football, the Bengals should win. But that's a big if. I mean, it's going to be – I'm overall more – I think this is maybe other than the Giants game, the most exciting – I mean, all the games this weekend should be really exciting. Yeah, Um, I mean, three – 75% 75% of these matchups are all rematches from the regular I mean, season. And, he, and here's the other thing. You're getting the you're getting the rematch of San Francisco and Dallas last year when they played in the playoffs, right? So, mm-hmm. and, and, and it's Dallas and San Francisco, right? I mean, you talk about, other than if it was like Dallas, Green Bay, you're talking about two franchises history. with the history and what they represent to the NFL. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, in the NFC East, you're getting, the, you're getting Giants in Philadelphia. I mean, no better than that. NFC East rivalry. And yeah. then, you know, of course, you're getting a young up-and-comer, Trevor Lawrence, and Doug Peterson, who was the offensive coordinator and a coach under Andy Reid, if you remember, uh, in Philadelphia. Against the, against the he was also the, the quarterback under Andy Reid. So another Andy Reid disciple mm-hmm. going coach against, you know, Mahomes and the Chiefs, which is a rematch during the regular season, which the Chiefs dominated 27-17. to 17. And then, of course, we're getting the matchup. You're getting Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. I mean, there's no better matchups, and the NFL has got to be ecstatic for what has transpired. There is no Miami. There is no Baltimore. There's no lack of Lamar. There's no lack of Tua. You're getting the best possible matchups that you can get for TV ratings, I think, for the NFL. But, um, listen, I'm excited. I think Joe Burrow, though, has to be a little worrisome because if if they couldn't protect against the Ravens, and I get it, the Ravens defense has played much better since Roquan Smith had came to that defense, it could be a long day because, realistically, they should not be in this game. They should have lost. But they didn't, and should have, could have, would have. They didn't. They're here, and they're ready to play at 3 o'clock this Sunday afternoon. Well, the best eight teams are playing now. I know people could say, oh, what about the Chargers? Well, they're not one obviously of the they're not. They're not one of the best eight teams. We're in all year. Maybe one of the more talented teams. We're in. And the New York Giants, I think for majority of the season, well, a good chunk of the season, probably felt that they were probably one of the top four teams in the NFC. I know it's crazy to believe it because Minnesota had the record over them. But I think we all really see that these are the four best teams in the NFC playing for a chance at a Super Bowl and the four best teams playing in the AFC for a right at a Super Bowl or an AFC title and an NFC title game. We'll be back later in the week to discuss. I can't believe it. The Elite Eight and the New York Giants are still in it. It's fascinating. It's a fascinating time right now. I can't wait. Divisional football, AFC, NFC, only a few days away. Can't wait. We'll see you at the end of the week. Recap or previewing Divisional Weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, we are Keys to the City. We'll see you next episode. We are out. You are now in tune to the Keys to the City podcast.